everybody, thank you for clicking on episode number three, House Call with Doc Love on Race22.com. Today I'll be connecting with Jessica Can, 26 years old, driver of the number 19 Black Acid Chevrolet, mainly on the Cars Tour with the Late Model Stock Car Division. Plus, she can be seen racing at multiple tracks along the Carolinas. Jessica is originally from San Clemente, California, moved to the Carolinas in 2011. Word on the street is, Jessica has never raced anything until this year. Jessica and her father bought a late model, joined the Cars Tour, and went racing. Well, my misinformed friends, I'm here to squash that rumor and put it to rest for good. You hear me? Jessica may not have years of racing experience under her belt, but she does have a couple of years of experience helping, driving, and now a three-year highly educated approach to reach her goals in short track racing. After you listen to this podcast, you will have a new perspective and a newfound respect and perhaps become a new fan of Jessica Can. Hear me now, believe me later when she proves me right. Jessica Can is a very intelligent young lady. She's tough, she's very self-driven, and definitely motivated to succeed in short track racing. Jessica didn't get bitten by the racing bug until much later in life, but remembers when her father raced when she was a little girl. Well, my dad had raced a long, long time ago when I was a little bitty girl, um, but was totally not interested in it at all at that point because I was maybe one or two years old um, when he finally retired out of that. Um, So a couple of years ago, I want to say 2016, 2017, um, we had gone and watched a few races. We had helped a couple people out at the track. And then um, we helped Josh Yeoman one year um, out at Myrtle Beach. And then um, we helped a couple other people out at Dillon and Florence. Um, I don't know that we ever helped anybody specifically at Hickory. Um, But just a couple of friends that my dad had had from his old racing days um, here and there. Um, we've given a hand to, you know, just kind of stand down in the pits, wear a radio, take tire pressures, tire temps, just kind of stand around and, and absorb kind of what's going on. Um, so at the end of 2017, we went ahead and I told my dad, well, this is something that I want to go ahead and try. You know, I had been kind of looking at him like, do you think these people will let me drive and da, da, da. And I didn't know anything about how much it, work goes into it or how much costs or anything like that. And I was just always looking at him like, don't you think they'll just, you know, let me take a lap or two? And no, it doesn't work like that. Um, so we went in and bought our own. Uh, he bought one and um, bought one for me and we put it together in 2018 season. We went and um, I ran limited all last year. Um, I ran a little bit at Hickory. I ran at Orange County, ran at Florence, ran at Carteret. That's all the tracks that we went to. And the cars were absolutely junk cars. And it was really just experience to get to know what a race car is, using the clutch, brakes, gas, getting in and out, safety equipment, you know, just getting familiar with what all these things are, how hot it is, um, how much work has to go into it, what all you have to do, not only on the track, but at the shop home, at home and you know, getting ready and, and then post-race as well, taking care of the car and the maintenance and all of those things. So that's what we pretty much experienced all of last year. And that's kind of how we got into it. Where did you get the cars and what type of the chassis uh, were they? Were they complete chassis? Did you buy complete race cars? One of the cars that we bought 
I couldn't tell you what chassis it was. It was just, it was an older car that had been racing at Hickory and the gentleman that we bought it from, um, his friend had passed away from cancer and he was just getting out of it. You know, if his friend wasn't racing, he wasn't going to race. So, um, that was the first car that we bought. And then, um, we bought another car from a guy, Andrew Thomas, and that's an older Townsend as well. I think it's like a 2001 or something. Um, and then um, I also, the car that I mainly ran all last year was an LTO chassis um, until I wrecked at Caraway. Um, I hit the wall pretty hard. And when the upper A-arm broke, um, just the weld just completely snapped. Um, like there was no penetration in the weld at all. So uh, that wrecked that car. So I jumped into that Townsend that we had and raced that all through the end of last year. The people helping us out, again, was just... Um, some friends that my dad had, we had um, some help here and there. We had some people for the first half of the year that weren't so great. And um, that's another story, I think, for another day. Um, <laughs> but after that, we um, got hooked back up with my dad's friends. And um, Shane Bradford, who was doing the tech for Florence this year, he actually helped me the last half of last year. And um, he taught me a lot and taught me a lot of things to think about in the car and was able to finally get the car to rotate and turn and do the things that a race car is supposed to do instead of just riding around. For somebody that the, the story on the street is that says that you guys just showed up for the uh, car's late model tour and decided to go racing, you sound very intelligent, the, the things you're talking about. Uh, the weld penetrating the metal uh, or getting the car to rotate. You sound very intelligent uh, talking about the racing, so... I'm very impressed, Jessica. I'm very, very impressed. I really appreciate that. I, I really am, and I'm not just saying that. I, I, I really am. I'm re- I really want to talk about uh, the race cars um, because you know when when we were doing the live show, uh, Roger and Langley and all of our guests always talked about the guys like Thomas Bean is a great example, and I know he helped you out, so I want to talk about that in a little bit. But all these guys <laughs> talked about the guys that are um, finding success now drove junk in the early days. Now, are you finding it mm-hmm. now that even though it was kind of frustrating and you would wonder if it was worth it in those days, do you find it now that struggling with the uh, the cars that just really wasn't working then, now are you finding it that did help you? For me personally, it did help me. Um, and I'll tell you why, is that I don't come from a background of racing. I didn't go, grow up racing bandoleros or legends or, you know, I didn't even grow up racing bicycles with my friends down the street. That just really wasn't <laughs> me. Um, so for me, someone that had no experience with a race car at all whatsoever, um, I feel like it did help me. I couldn't tell you if it helped me more being in a late model limited car than if I would have jumped into a four-cylinder or Mod 4 or one of those classes. I couldn't tell you what the difference is between, you know, those experiences. However, I do know those cars are different and they do drive differently. Um, So in that sense, I do think it helped me. Um, We never showed up at the racetrack expecting that I was going to win, and we still don't expect for that to happen now. Um, We're... You know, we have a three-year plan of what it is that we're going to do, um, and that is this year we're just going to get experience more so than what we did last year. Now, this year we're in some pretty, really, not pretty good, we're in some really great equipment um, this year. We have a, a 
two new Hedgecock chassis. We just got um, a new Townsend or Torp chassis, and we're going to be ordering a, a two more, I believe, through the winter. What power plants are you running with these new chassis? I am running an um, uh, enforcer that was built uh, by Mr. Mike Rankin over at Rankin's Race Engines. He's done good by us since day one. Um, with those first cars that we had bought, it had like a, there was a 351 Cleveland in the very first car that we bought that he went through and totally rebuilt for us and freshened it up. And then he had uh, done my 602. He did a 603 for me last year and then got the enforcers done for me last year and then also through this year. And he does an absolutely fantastic job. Um, I love everything that he's done. Um, he always treats us right. Um you know, and when he says it's going to be done on Wednesday or whatever, it's going to be done on Wednesday, ready to pick it up. Um, he's a very straight up guy, good people all around, and I hope to have a really long relationship with him um, moving forward. Oh, absolutely. He's a good dude. He uh, he does good work and um, straight up guy. Absolutely. He really is. So that's what we're running now. And that's just, that's helped me just that from going from junk to great stuff. That's helped me learn a lot already this year um carteret going back to carteret this weekend that's one of the tracks that you raced mm -hmm. at now um looking forward to going to carteret since that's a place that you have raced at yes sir absolutely again always talk about the fans one of my biggest fans that's out there um andrea cast she has supported me from day one before i even went to carteret i don't know if she just saw a picture of the car or something um but she has been on our page and supporting us and cheering us on since day one. So I'm very excited to go out there and see all of them. That Last year when we raced all at Hickory, um, I don't want to go into a whole bunch of stuff, but okay. we were asked not to come back middle of the year until I had gained some more experience. Okay. And um, good, right, bad, and different. Um, one of the first people that called us, you know, the next day when that happened was Bobby Watson out there at Carteret. And right. he personally invited me and my dad to come out there and race at his racetrack. And that was one of the coolest things that anyone could do, um, especially for someone like me, you know, that hadn't had an experience. And then now I'm being thrown out of a track that, you know, I didn't really think that it was my fault. Um, that was something that was really, really cool. And I will always always remember you know that he had done something special like that for me oh absolutely that that's it's really cool and right wrong or indifferent your fault not your fault uh, you know that hurts and it hurts and it stings nothing would be better than to go back finish top three top five and one day you'll go back to that track and you'll win uh, you have the oh, heart and determination oh. and you'll win and that'll be you can just, count on that. <laughs> and that'll be just like the vindication, <laughs> and it'll be just like the victory, like uh, Kevin Light winning after the night he ran, <laughs> the week after he ran out of the track with the trophy, and coming back the next week and winning. It'll be just like that. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I hope not as crazy, but yes, I hope, I hope I get that win over there one day. Uh, you will. Uh, you have the heart and determination. I, I really believe you will. What uh, what attracted you to the Cars Tour races uh, from running the short you know the shorter races at the local level with the um, the um, limited races last year? Well, at the end of last year, um, I finally came back to Hickory and was able to compete in the um, Fall Brawl 100 lap race, um, and I absolutely fell in love with that longer race. Um, by the end of the race, my lap times were either as quick or quicker than the leaders. 
Um, and that's something that we've also seen that trend through this year. I don't know if it's just being on the track longer with that seat time, being able to um, learn from the people in front of me, um, or just if I have a little bit more endurance than everyone else. Um, so anyways, when we were putting our plans together for this year, um, we, I told my dad that, you know, I want to move up to late models. And um, we were kind of looking around, well, where are we going to run? Where are we going to run? And we looked at the Cars Tour and we said, well, what better place to run and what better place to learn from if not the best of the best with the Cars Tour? So we called up Jack and Chris and asked, you know, if we could be a part of their series. Um, I have no experience at all running a late model. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I just wanted to be in the back just to learn from everybody. And they said, come on, we'd love to have you. And it's been an absolutely wonderful experience. I've got to give a big thank you to Jack and Chris and everyone at the Cars Tour that's made us feel very, very welcome in their series. Um, they make us feel like we're just as much a part of the show that, as what Josh Berry and Bobby McCarty and all these people in the front are. Um, you know, they treat us equally and exactly the same as what everyone else does. I don't feel singled out from them. I don't feel like they um, bash on me in any way because I'm, I have less experience. And the same goes for all of the drivers in the in the series as well. I feel welcomed by all of them as well. You know, I've been able to talk to Josh Berry. I've talked to Justin Carroll. I've talked to some of these people that, you know, they have years and years and years of experience that they've been able to help me learn a little bit so I can be a little bit more competitive with them. And that has helped me as a racer a lot. Well, that's fantastic. I think you are on your way. And, you know, you got your plan, a three-year plan, and you're learning each and every every time you hit the track. And now you're starting to go back around. Now you're starting to come back around uh, to tracks that uh, the tour is making the second round. And now you're coming back to tracks that you raced at last year with uh, um, uh, the, the other cars. And now you're you're coming back to tracks where you got notes at. So the confidence your 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 confidence is growing at now that we're coming back to these tracks, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, not only having that that previous knowledge of racing at these tracks, but then also too just being able to ride around behind everybody. Um, I'm very very fortunate to be in the back to be able to learn from the best of the best that are in front of me. And um, you know, now my next my next step and my next goal is. Um, you know, just trying to twist my dad's arm and allow him to be able to start passing people. Um, but this year, he just won't let me do that, um, especially in the Cars Tour. We're just there to get experience. Um, I don't want to make any waves. I don't want to wreck anybody's car. I don't want to cause any problems. I'm just there. I'm literally just there to learn. Um, and so I do appreciate everyone, um, how they treated us from all the way from the Cars Tour down to everyone's crew and drivers and everybody has welcomed us um, with open arms and, and, you know, allowed us to run in their series. And I really, really do appreciate that. Um, but then in addition to that, you know, the rest of my three-year plan is that next year we will be going for um, being a little bit more competitive. We are going to um, hire a driver coach and um, have them work with me and help me learn how to race and how to be able to pass somebody without wrecking them and, you know, making people upset with me and all of those kind of things. And then um, that third year is going to be when we're really going to be going for wins and, and being up there at the front. Got a, I think you got a good plan because the, the, the first win, first you got to learn how to race. So that makes total sense. Now, Correct. 
uh, to get to mm-hmm. that point, you got to get seat time. And and that's what, you know, the guys that are for the long-term plans, these kids that come in that have the funds to, to rush through these series to, to, to get out mm-hmm. there, I don't think they learn to win yet. So I really applaud you for looking at uh, to, to learn how to win at this level. Uh, I really think that is uh, really um, uh, more of a mature level um, uh, looking at a game plan uh, to race at this level, to, to stay at this level until who knows what's for the long term. You know, who knows what's going to be on the horizon for you. If you can, uh, you know, kick butt at this level, who knows what's the future for you. Mm-hmm. So Well, that's true, but at the same time, um, my plans and goals is to become one of the best late model stock drivers and that's it i don't have any goals to be in canon or arca or nascar or any of those things i'm gonna stay right here in our local short tracks um helping to keep this local sport alive because i think that number one i think we have more talent than some of the bigger teams and number two um this is where it all started and it's really important to me to keep all of that alive um it's important to me to stay here where we've grown a fan base and stay here and stay loyal to them. Um, what I've seen with a lot of some of these other kids that they use when they use late models as a stepping stone, you know, you get the fans that start to become interested and the next thing you know, they're gone off to KN and you never see them again. And that's not helping the sport either. You know, we all could use a better fan count and we all could use more butts in the seat one way that I I see a way to help that is trying for us as drivers to um, help grow and maintain that fan base. You know what I mean? No, absolutely, because, I mean, when you when you look at you know the Philip Morris, the the Peyton Sellers, you know a lot of the Virginia, there's several Virginia drivers. Mike Looney, you know they've got an awesome uh, core of hardcore fans, but you don't see oh, yeah. North Carolina drivers um, that have that longevity, and I think that would be great no. for us to have a North Carolina driver to stay in late models and and. And have that longevity, um, and and create that fan base. You know, um, uh, Dennis Setzer stayed in late models for a long time until he finally got a shot. You know, with the trucks and and didn't really yep. you know have yep. a, a serious opportunity after that. Even though he did, you know, get a shot to to drive, sure. but didn't have uh, the best equipment to drive. But he did make it up there. Um, sure. You know, so um, you know, I, to me, you know. You know, I love the short tracks, you know, so if I was, if I could ever fit in a car uh, in, in my lifetime again, <laughs> uh, I, I would, that would be my goal to be, stay in short tracks and, and do that. You know, the guys that raced at Hickory for a long time, you know, there was a lot of, you know, back in those days that were long-term short track heroes and, and that's when the fan base was at its best. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, you know, being here at these local short tracks, I think that's where all of it's at. I think, you know, like I said, I think that's where some of the best talent in the country is, is at these short tracks, whether it's late models or super late models, um, you know, the late model stocks are super late. Um, I think we both equally have a greater level of talent. And I see that as potentially being, you know, a more a better interest to some of your local fans than, you know, some of the NASCAR stuff has just gotten way out of hand. No, absolutely. And and plus that kinda goes 
um, hand in hand with uh, your your dad's shop and and what you guys do for a living. You know that that can go hand in hand and possibly with success with your shop, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know what we do here is that we've got two different kind of things that we do. Is that um, my dad owns a sign company. We're a nationwide sign company. And um, we make all different kinds of architectural signage for um, different contractors and schools and municipalities and hospitals and all that all across the country. And then um, what I do here is that I do custom apparel. So, you know, I do project management for him for the signs. And then here to um, help and fund the racing, I do custom apparel where it's printed and embroidered and all that kind of fun stuff. And that's also as something that we saw to help support not only for these smaller teams to support their racing, but also for the fans to help support them. You know, what last year I was trying to find my own t-shirts for my own team and it was so expensive for us to do it. Um, and it just really didn't make sense for me to buy a t-shirt for $30. And then I was thinking that I was going to resell it for $50. That's never going to happen at a short track level. So we've priced, ourselves um, a little bit lower and um, that way some of our I believe that all of the lower teams and everyone in late models or mod fours or mini stocks or whatever it is that you drive you can afford to buy those and you can afford to resell them to your fans at the track and you can afford to help your fan continue to come to the races to support something that you love oh absolutely I think it's fantastic uh, plus, you know, when with the the cars tour, when they have the um, pit party, whatever they call it, um, I, you, mm-hmm. I, I see picture after picture. I know Jacqueline, and uh, she takes a lot of pictures, and then all the photographers with the cars tour, they come to your area because you interact with the fans masterfully, and the fans yep. adore you. They love to come uh, yep. to see you, and you interact with the fans just no second to none the the fans love you and you love to to interact with the fans and that and that's something that comes natural and I, I love to see you interact with the fans and that's so cool and uh and i hope at carteret this coming weekend that everybody that's listening to the podcast will come out and see you and say hey i heard you on the podcast on race 22 and uh and and i hope you get to sign a whole lot of autographs this weekend Oh, yeah, I I really do, too. Um, Now, for the Cars Tour and really every race we've been doing this year, we've done a special commemorative T-shirt. Cool. And I've been just giving those away at the Cars, at all of the events that we go to. I just give them to, um, I love giving them to little kids and especially little girls that come to the races and things like that. And then um, I'll also be giving away some hats and, of course, hero cards. I've got stickers. I've got all kinds of stuff um, just because, I like, like you said, I think it's so important for the fans to have that um bond and have something special and and something that they can interact with the drivers you know i i can't stand going even when i go as a spectator going down there and watching the drivers you know they've got their nose up in the air and hey how you doing and that's all you get from them you know (laughs) the fans didn't go there to see that they came there if they're coming down there to see you they took the time to come all the way out of their seat to say hello and to get to meet you the race car driver of their favorite car, like you're that person's hero. And I yep. think it's the responsibility of us as drivers to interact and make them feel special as well. You know, when I was doing uh, this stuff long time ago, back in the Stone Ages, mm-hmm. and then, I, <laughs> and then uh, my son 
and I, I reconnected uh, with a, a, an old schoolmate. Uh, her and I uh, were acquaintances in high school, and, and I went as yep. a pure fan. The, the pit party. Yeah. And I, and I just, as a pure fan, started looking around and watching the fans. And I thought, watching, you know, my, my sweetheart's nickname is Redhead. And I thought, look at all these other fans. They're motorheads, too. So they're reading these drivers. Mm-hmm. They are pure motorheads. So if they get out of the seats, they get out of the stands to go trackside, they are pure motorheads. They're excited, and they read these the, the drivers. So if the drivers yep. standing there shrugging their shoulders and just got their butts, uh, you know, leaning up against the back of the car and just kind of, you know, with their hands at the side of their hips and just flip them a card, man, mm-hmm. guess what? They hate those mm-hmm. drivers for life. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's how they <laughs> read those drivers. <laughs> you know, they, you know, they read that as an attitude. And mm-hmm. I got that straight yep. from Motorhead, you know, from from Redhead. And from other motorheads, just listening to them on the, on the attitude of the drivers. Yep. And yep. that opened my eyes to these things. And the, the the drivers are so young, and some of them are energetic, and some of them are like, I'm just here waiting to get you know the money to go on. And it just blows yeah. me away. Yeah. So the energy that you have in the in the pit party, I wish some of these other drivers would pay attention and take notes. I really do. Because uh, I love your energy, and you get down on the level of these little little fans, and it's just textbook. Well, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. I mean, we everyone knows that in order to do racing at any level, it takes money. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone knows that they like a bigger purse at the end of the night. Well, how do you get a bigger purse? There's got to be more fans in the stands. And I always do everything of what I can do to help make sure that there's going to be other there's going to be more race fans in the in the stands than maybe if I wasn't going to be there. Right. Um, I try and do everything I can. I promote that we're going to go to the race. I promote the racetrack. Um, I've done a couple of radio ads um, that we paid for just out on our own. Um, I give away T-shirts. I give away hats. Um, I've given tickets away. I've paid for pit passes for people to come in. It's so important for the fans to be there because if there wasn't any fans, the sport would die and we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing and i know a lot of uh drivers and teams do a lot of different things like that and see that's what you're talking about there i don't know of how many other teams or drivers uh, have that knowledge that you're you, you know you and your dad are doing things like that so all they hear is oh she just tried to go out here and go late model race and see that's that's why i wanted to do this podcast because uh, i think that is so cool that you guys are doing stuff like that and, and telling your story about how many tracks were you at before you started? I mean, that's fantastic, um, you know, telling that story. And I still want to talk about stuff like that, you know, about the help. And, and Thomas Bean, you know, helping you out uh, at, at Hickory and, and getting out there and, and uh, running some late model races this this uh, year to, to get ready for the throwback. Now, are you going to run a throwback scheme? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are going to be running, um, actually, my dad's old paint scheme from when he raced um, in the All-Pro Series at um, Papa John's, it's red and green with a white piece box on the hood. Um, uh-huh. We are going to be running that. I should have the rendering done for that um, either today or tomorrow. And, oh, that's um, awesome. Now, did he run number 19? I am going to. He ran number 27, but I am told him I got to run number 19. <laughs> okay. I didn't realize your dad ran uh, back in, the, in, in, in that series. That's awesome. I didn't know that. 
Yes, he ran in the All Pro Series with um, Uncle Bob Harmon. He ran uh, pretty much everywhere that he went. Um, but I chose the 19 because I was born on the 19th. That's just my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday on the you know, 19th. It's your birthday. Pretty much. Um, yeah, that's where it came from. That's kind of always been my number for any, you know anything I got to add a number to. It's always been 19 or 193 because I was born in 93. Oh, good Lord. I got out of the military yeah, in 93. So- Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the WW Golf. One note, too, up there at the uh, throwback, we're going to be fortunate enough to have um, Mr. Papa John's himself at the race um, to help support us. He was my dad's sponsor for, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, and um, we're just doing this to give thanks back to his support. Um, I told you before that we, my dad makes signs. We've been making signs for a long, long time, and um, John was, uh, one of my dad's first big customers. Um, he, my dad, actually designed the logo, and he's done every store um, ever since. Um, even up to this day, we're still doing doing signs for him. He's been a very, very good customer to us. Very, very um, fortunate to have him be a part of our lives. That is awesome. So the actual Papa John that you see on the commercials, the actual Papa John Snodder himself. That is awesome. That is like breaking news here. Nobody knows that, right? I don't think so. That is awesome. I feel privileged. That is awesome. Fantastic. And I'm a big customer. Well, good. He's not 100% confirmed yet. He said um, he's about 90% confirmed, just depending on um, if he's got anything that comes up or anything like that. But he is planning on coming down there and making a visit and saying hello to everybody. Well, awesome. If if he is there on, on, on site, and if I walk by, he'll say, yeah, there goes one of my biggest customers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see if I can't twist his arm to bring us all some pizza down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be first in line for that. You can believe that. Yes, sir. <laughs> and their wings. Yeah, Redhead fusses at me. Yeah. She'll, you know, when we order, we order in, she'll say, how many wings do you want this time? And I'll just keep flashing up both my hands as many times as I'll keep flashing them. You know, like 10, 20, 30, yeah, 40, so 50. Yeah, out. <laughs> That's right. Give me the- <laughs> <laughs> well, if one thing has been accomplished with uh, today's podcast, and I want to thank you for allowing us to uh, enter your uh, personal space with uh, today's podcast, uh, with my house call oh, here boy. with you. Um that uh, number one you didn't just jump in a late model and go racing with the cars tour uh you've took a a a a calculated uh approach to to going racing you spent a lot of time around racing in a lot of tracks and and entered racing uh with a great thought in limited and traveling around so you've got the feel of different tracks and driving different cars and then gotten you know gotten yourself inside some really good race cars and and worked yourself uh, up to the level uh, to where you can be around some really good race teams to learn from good race teams and you got yourself mm-hmm. a good plan so it's not you know so for, for the folks that are saying well she just jumped late model stock car and go racing with the car store well i hope we squash that right now okay <laughs> okay <laughs> i wish it was that easy but um well hopefully you know, yeah i did i did take some time last year to learn and um not only when i'm at the racetrack am i learning but i also take the time to spend and get familiar spend time in the shop get familiar with what everyone's talking about when they're talking about shocks or springs or camber or whatever they're talking about so i'm more educated 
and I can take that knowledge to the racetrack and I understand what the car is doing. Yeah, and secondly, uh, you're walking the walk and you're talking the talk. You, you're you're very intelligent when it comes to the race car. I can tell because the things you're talking about, uh, you're talking about the weld and getting you know the weld um, didn't penetrate the metal and uh, wrote the car rotating. You know what you're talking about. You know, girl, girl, you got it going on, girl. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Um, I just I since we've been involved in this sport, I felt that it was important for me to know what's going on you know i'm not one of these racers that i just show up with my helmet and jump in the race car um i don't think that that would ever work for me anyways um i just the way that my mind works i really have to understand what the mechanics are of what's happening in front of me for me to be able to make a decision to react in the race car so i know you know if i'm going to jank the wheel to the right really quick then I understand ahead of time already what that's going to do instead of just doing it and seeing what happens. Right, and you do work on your own race cars, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I do a little bit. Um, we actually have a couple guys that help us, um, Brandon, Coy, and JJ at the shop. They help. They have helped us all year this year, and they've been tremendous help. Um, they do all the setup and the maintenance and all of that. But at the same time, if they called me today and said, hey, we need you to come and help us take this motor out or whatever – I don't have a problem going up there after work and helping them take it out. You know, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, here with my dad, you know, just because we make signs doesn't mean I don't know how to do any of that. You know, I've been working with my dad since I was 13, and I'm very well aware of what all the different tools are. I run CNC machines all day long, um, you know, and um, so I understand what we're doing but instead of building a sign we're building a race car so i understand kind of what's going on and i'm very very happy to be involved and i do actually prefer to be involved and knowing you know a little bit at a time so i have that knowledge as a driver yeah that's awesome let me ask you this you said brandon coy and jj that's it where'd you get those guys work release program Well, I hope that's not where they're from. Um, Brandon and Coy, um, I know that they've been racing a a long, long time. Coy actually just raced this weekend at Caraway. Awesome. Um, And uh, JJ, he's been with us since day one last year. Um, He was with the people that were working on our cars before, and um, he stuck with us. And he is our only crew member at the racetrack. So when we go to the cars tour, we show up, and it's me and my dad and JJ, and that's it. Um, it's just the three of us and people told us all last year that we were nuts, not only for someone like me to go to the car store, but then to go to the car store with only three people, including the driver, they said that it couldn't be done. And, uh, truth be told, we work less at a car store race than we do at a short track race. Um, every time this year that we've been to a short track, um, or just a regular NASCAR track or event or whatever, um, we've worked harder at a NASCAR event than we did at the cars tour. It's, it's insane. Um, but it just happened to work out that way, I guess. <laughs> well, it sounds like you got a fantastic crew, uh, uh, to help you guys out. That's awesome. Talk about your relationship with, uh, Thomas Bean. I know you guys, he was helping you out and some of the input he has uh, to help you out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. So last year, um, my very first time in a late model, or I guess in a limited, 
Thomas um, spotted for me. And I, at that point, didn't even know what that meant. I was, I, he asked me, he's like, well, how, what do you want me to say on the radio? And I looked at him, I was like, I don't know, whatever you're supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we have come a long, long way. Um, but every time we have been at Hickory, Thomas always comes over. His dad always comes over. His mom always comes over and checks on how we're doing, makes sure that, you know, everything's going good. Um, every time I've been at Hickory, Thomas comes over and talks to me and tells me, well, you could do this, this, and this. Um, I can really appreciate how Thomas drives um, and what he does because he's sort of in the same boat. You know, I know he only goes to the racetrack with his and his parents. And, you know, I've seen him there with a couple of people sometimes, and I've also been with him. Um, well, I think it was last year we went to a couple cars tour races with him, and it was literally just him and his parents that came. And so, um, you know, we're kind of in the same boat in that aspect, and I, I can really appreciate his experience and everything that he's been able to teach me and, and um, you know, that I've been able to learn from him. Um, you know, I really hope to continue having that help from him because he's, even though I feel like he's pretty young, he's very, very wise um, beyond his years, I believe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got to know him uh, when we were doing the live show. And what impressed mm-hmm. me is, is how cool he is under pressure. You know, those guys, yes. when he would come and sit near us, those guys would be ripping him apart, and he'd just be there shrugging his shoulder and look at me and just shake his head like, whatever. Yes. <laughs> or I'd yes. be all yes. ripped yes. apart. <laughs> That's pretty much Thomas. You know, he seems like stuff like that doesn't really faze him, and, right. and I really have to appreciate someone like that because I know someone like me, I'd be piping up and going, hey, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and him telling the story last week about the situation and Victor Lane with the running with the trophy and all that stuff, the way he was telling the story, he was so calm and cool, and he did chuckle once, and everybody that has known him for a long time said, that's about the most excitement you're going to get out of Thomas. He's pretty cool under pressure. Yep, yep, yeah, he really is. So, um, and, and really being is. as a spotter, I bet he was cool under pressure, you know, as a spotter. I bet he would be really good spotter. He is. He is a great spotter. Um, I'd love to have his help um, anytime um, we're ever racing. He he is very very good spotter. Um, very very calm, and he's also able to think ahead and look ahead and anticipate what the cars in front of me that maybe I can't see. He was able to anticipate what they're going to do, and then at that same time, with all of that going on, was still able to say and explain to me in a quick enough amount of time you know hey next time you come by do this this and this Mm. and that's also been very helpful for me just the way that he was able to communicate those instructions i guess oh goodness yeah that that's experience right there that's 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 so valuable man that that Mm -hmm. that'd be worth uh putting him as a spotter during the cars tour race for sure Hey, I'd love to have him, but at that same time, I really want to see Thomas win that North Carolina points championship over there um, with everything that he's doing at Hickory. I'd love to see him win oh, for the yeah. state this year. That would just be so awesome. He's somebody that really, really deserves that. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, before we uh, let you go, now I detect just a little bit different accent than normally in North Carolina, <laughs> just slightly, not a whole lot. How long have you been in the Carolinas? I have been here um, since 2011. 2011. Um, I actually grew up. 
in San, San Clemente, California. And um, when I graduated high school, so before I said uh, I worked for my dad since I was 13, and he promised me when I was in high school, no drugs, no partying, you know, no boyfriends, no stuff like that. And he would pay for me to go to school anywhere that I want. So I chose to come to UNC Charlotte for architectural school, um, and I do have a dual major in architecture and construction management. And after being here in the Carolinas, I would never, ever in a million years move back to California. So that's that's sort of a California a little bit of accent mixed in there? I guess, I guess. But now, I've been here for enough that I, I the, the southern <laughs> accent in me does come out. <laughs> do you say y'all at all? I say y'all all the time. Do you? Do you know what a mamanim is? A what? A mamanim? <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just, you know, all them people over there. Yeah, you don't go have din- dinner with mamanim? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you graduated high school in California? Yeah, I graduated okay. from Cincinnati High School um, and then... Uh, immediately moved over here. Okay. Um, I wasn't graduated for more than a month and was like, yep, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> okay. Was you a valley girl? No. Oh, gosh, no. I don't not. I've, I've never, like, been to the mall. <laughs> <laughs> you was not a valley girl? San know. Fernando Gallo, Valley California? You wasn't one of those? Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I don't talk like that um, at all. I've never talked like that. The only California thing that I think I ever really picked up was saying like too much. <laughs> I try really hard to make sure that I don't say like all the time. <laughs> well, I've really enjoyed our uh, conversation here on the uh, the podcast, and we thank you for um, allowing us to uh, take some time out of your day. I know you guys are busy and uh, really um, fascinating uh, chatting with you and um Think I think everybody's learned a whole lot about you. You're educated, highly educated, dual major, uh, fantastic business you guys have down there, and learned a lot about uh, what you guys got going on down there. So, short trackers, if you need some uh, short track apparel for your race team, um, or you if you have a business, uh, a small business, contact Jessica down there. Uh, what's the best way to contact them down there if they need a business? Uh, if they have a business, they need a sign for their business. And if they have a race team, they need some, if they're uh, mini stock or whatever, a short track team and they need short track apparel. Who? Uh, what's the best way to contact you guys? Uh, the best way to contact us, there's two ways. Is that one, you can always go to our Facebook page, um, Black Acid Racing and Apparel. And then you can also just give us a call. Um, you know, our phone numbers on there, um, phone numbers on the website, blackacidapparel.com. Um, and we usually respond to everybody, um, within the next hour or so. Um, I try to make sure that I keep in touch with everybody, um, and get up with everybody as quickly as what I can. Um, just because I know the world that we live in, everything is instant. Um, so please reach out to us if you need anything. We'll got, we've got you covered, and we'll get you taken care of. All righty, there you go. And for the race fans that are going to Carteret this weekend, please go out there and see her uh, during the Fan Fest. I'm pretty sure I didn't look yet. Uh, I think they're pretty sure they're having a Fan Fest at uh, Carteret, correct? I hope so, and if not, I'm going to twist somebody's arm to ask them to do it anyway. <laughs> All right, and if not, um, be sure and stop by and see Jessica because uh, I'm sure she'll have some goodies to give to the fans, especially our small race fans that might be drivers in the future. So be sure and say hey to Jessica, and uh, be sure and let her know that you heard her on the, the podcast, The House Call with Doc Love on Race22.com. And until next time, we'll see you at the races. I'm
must be away.